Coming up on this Snowbound edition of Don't Panic, we've got a lot of tech news to talk about, including Sling TV, now with more AMC. We also talk about Cortana coming to your office, Radio Shack shacking its last radio. We also talk about Apple, Google, Microsoft, and the reality of net neutrality. It's a great episode of Don't Panic, and it's going to start right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 82, recorded February 9th, 2015, on Microsoft Sunrise, Radio Shacked, and your new office assistant. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this jam-packed, thrill-seeking, non-stop action thrill ride that is Don't Panic. I'm Sean Jennings, and I am joined by the, uh, the... David Copperfield of technology. He doesn't need an assistant. <laughs> he is. Holy uh, rabidu. Sir, how are we doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. There's a lot of snow here. I didn't go to work today. And I also won't go tomorrow because there are no trains. With this much snow, Colby, you may never go back to work. Is your office still there? <laughs> That's are true. Are you sure? I, I don't know. I haven't been to Cambridge. <laughs> it's far away. Without any trains, it's kind of hard to get there. Yeah, I'll let you know on, like, Wednesday or Thursday or <laughs> next week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if you still haven't been by next week's show, then we should probably really get concerned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we don't have Dan this week. Dan is busy being awesome in Europe. That's Go true. Figure. Didn't invite me. Uh, did he invite you? Nope, me either. I mean, that's, that's a little harsh. Dan party only, I guess. I know. I know. Well, you know what? We're going to have to have our own party right here. Yeah, so um, don't panic. It's a don't panic party, and a don't panic party don't stop. Uh, we've got a lot of news. I want to remind everybody, we do this Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on our website, don'tpanic.io. There, not only live, you get all the past episodes, audio, video, uh, and we have a ton of different places you can get the show. Not only our website, but on RSS, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, uh, as well as links to all our social media on the website. The one-stop shop, go there, don'tpanic.io. With that being said, let's roll right into some tech news. We've got a lot of great stories this week. Colby, any particular story that you Ooh. were excited to talk about this week? Uh, Well, let's say Sunrise, because I like Sunrise. Oh, my God. Sunrise is awesome. The best ever. Sunrise. I use it. So... A bit of trivia. I started using Sunrise when Sunrise launched, and Sunrise was not a calendar app when it launched. It was a service that you connected all your your calendars to, like you connected your Facebook and your LinkedIn and your your Google Calendar, and every morning it would send you like a daily email of like, here's what you have today. Um, and that's how I used started using Sunrise. Wow, that was the the original Sunrise. You were, and uh... then. They they released a mobile app that was the best calendar app in the whole world. Yeah, you actually picked it on the show back on June 9th um, for Android. Funny yeah. Enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was, I think, so if I recall correctly, they, they originally launched their app on iOS. And then it, it, it got released for Android. Yeah, it was a big In deal. a timely manner, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we've picked it on the show before. I, it's my go-to calendar. Uh, I think it is a lot of people's. Well, uh, they just got bought. So Sunrise purchased by tech behemoth Microsoft um, for about $100 million, uh, according to TechCrunch, uh, the app available on iOS on Android, wow. as we described. 
this goes right in line with uh, Microsoft's iOS strategy. We talked last week, I picked, uh, and we all agreed how great Outlook for iPhone, uh, for iOS is, because they purchased a great app called Accompli um, and rebranded it as Outlook. So mm-hmm. this, to me, fits right in with their strategy of why build apps when we can just buy really great ones, not do yeah. much to change them, just kind of rebrand them. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, I really like, so I don't, I think last week I hadn't started using Outlook yet and I like, I like it. It's, it's pretty legit. If nothing else, it's more stable than, than Mailbox has been mm-hmm. recently, uh, which I'm all about because I use it for my work email. Um, and I also, I get the, I get the feeling it does a lot and there are like a bunch of things that I haven't figured out how to do yet, which is not normally a feeling I have when I'm using like an iPhone app. Um, so that's kind of exciting. I, I think it's kind of neat, but yeah. Anyways, Sunrise, I'm, I'm happy for Sunrise because we were talking about this a little bit before the show and like, I didn't understand how they were making money. Maybe they weren't at all, and that that was why they needed to get acquired. Um, but like, I love the app. The app's awesome, and I I like. I don't know. I've been using it for a long time. Um, but yeah, good for them. That's cool. To me, the most amazing part of this story is we're actually excited Microsoft bought them. Like, how yeah. how shocking is it when you're thrilled <laughs> when Microsoft buys your favorite app? I'm kind of like, you know what? I, I didn't think I would say this, but I'm like I'm I'm pretty pleased with this stuff Microsoft has done lately. Um, I don't know, like I mean, just Outlook, like they exist on iOS. Like I can use Microsoft things again. I don't think it's that it was ever the case that I I was against Microsoft products. Like obviously Word and stuff on Windows was amazing, but like Word for Mac was bad. So that that was like for the last. What I've been using a Mac since I was like 15, so that was for the last like nine years. The only Microsoft product I ever used was Office Mac 2004 or whatever, <laughs> and it's terrible. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Also, on that note, oh my god, they better they should fix Office on Mac, but anyways, it's, <laughs> but but what's, but what's great is I mean, and I, I swear if we didn't talk about it, I know it was at least in the rundown for a show. There were some leaked shots of the Office for Mac they're working on, and it mm-hmm. looks great. Like, un-freaking-believable. Yeah. The, the, the thing that always amazes me, though, is Microsoft buys these apps, and everyone's like, oh, they're really great on iOS, and they're great on Android. And Windows Phone users are like, what the hell, man? <laughs> like, like you, you roll out all this awesome stuff on other platforms first, and you forget yeah. the one you own. Like, it's one, thing, <laughs> it's one thing to be universal, but another to say we're going to be iOS first. Yeah. It, it's I mean... Did we, I don't know, I feel like this was in the rundown last week, and I don't know if we got to it, but it was the case, it, was that last week that Microsoft announced their backing CyanogenMod? mod? Uh, yeah, as a rumored investor, yeah, that wasn't the story rundown yeah. last week. So maybe, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is the beginning of the end for Windows Phone. Yeah, I, I think... I mean, we could, I could make all kinds of guesses about the strategy behind Windows Phone and all these things. My guess at this point was Microsoft probably would rather they not have it, but they put so much time and energy and muscle mm. behind it, they can't abandon it. And the other thing, uh, Windows Phone is having success in uh, third-world uh, cheap phone markets. That's where they see most of their penetration because mm. they give it away for cheap. 
people are kind of somewhat familiar with Microsoft in a way they aren't with Android. And Nokia yeah. has already had a foothold in those markets for a long time. Right. So if Microsoft wants to say, we'll put out our high-end stuff on iOS and Android, and we'll treat Windows Phone kind of as a cheap alternative giveaway for free, get people using Office 365 and, and Outlook in these services and, and bring them in Xbox Music and bring them in that way. Um, mm-hmm. that, that to me makes sense as a strategy, but if they're just going for a, well, we'll just have this phone thing and we'll occasionally update it when we get around to it and maybe people will use it, maybe they weren't. That's That sucks. <laughs> That's kind of a garbage yeah. strategy. So I, I don't know. Indeed. But, but I guess good, we'll have to wait iOS see. users, right? <laughs> yeah. More for that's us. That's true. And congratulations to Sunrise. That's a uh, that's a cool acquisition. High five all around. Uh, all right. Next up in the rundown, let's talk about um. I don't. I don't. See, this is why I put it on you guys because I never know what to pick. Uh, why don't we talk oh. <laughs> about? Let's talk about net neutrality because it was a big story this week. I I know we we like I feel anyway like we beat this to death on the show. Yeah, um, that's true. But there actually was news this week. Like, there's no debate about it. This actually is a change. This is not could they or might they. This is will they, and they have. Um, mm. The FCC has come out and recommended uh, ISPs be reclassified under. Title II of the Telecommunications Act, uh, essentially enforcing net neutrality on internet service providers. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before, what exactly is Title II versus Title I and, and all these things, but kind of just to super simplify it down, it just says that it's open access for everyone and that information cannot be discriminated against, it cannot be locked out, it can't, there's a lot of rules that go behind it. The other really big piece of this is for the very first time, they're including wireless and wired broadband in the same deal. Now, you may remember a couple of years ago when they had that big spectrum auction that they put wireless outside of net neutrality. And that's how AT&T and T-Mobile are allowed to do their things that they do. Well, this includes wireless no longer has to be net neutral, um, which is very interesting for the FCC to do. Um FCC compares it to uh, AT&T back in the day when you used to have to have an AT&T telephone to plug into their network um, it, back in the 60s. And then they established open access rules under Title II and made it so any phone could plug into the, the phone network. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's certainly interesting to see. Uh, this is just a proposal. It's going to be voted on on February 26th. Um, and we still don't know exactly how it will be implemented and what the details are. It's expected that will be put, be published soon. But for now, the FCC has said we are going to recommend reclassifying under Title II. Colby, what does this mean? Um, I, th- I mean, I think it's good, right? That's a, that's a kind of an interesting story about I, – I didn't really like – I'm not familiar with the history of um, the tel- like telephony. <laughs> um, and that stuff like I knew this was a thing like it always comes up in the in the in the news stories about this right like things like telephone and like electric are classified under this title two and they're like utilities or something or whatever like you can't discriminate against different content right like so you can't plug into the AT&T network and that's like that's fascinating because it's that's I feel like that is exactly the issue here um and and just slightly framed in a slightly different light and and I don't know so that's kind of kind of interesting so like this has all happened before (laughs) um but yeah I think it's good I mean I know we talked a bunch about 
like we had some lengthy discussions on on the ethics of like T-Mobile's music streaming for free stuff. And if that was okay versus something kind of the other way around, like, like people, companies would have to pay to get like, I don't know, something like that to pay to get streamed for free or something. Um, And I think we're, we are all kind of back and forth on that stuff, but. I think in general, this is good. And if I have to go pay for my Spotify data, it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will note, it, note that it seems to be the case now that all the cellular companies are doing that the like rollover data thing, um, which they used to do with like text messages and minutes. And I feel like that is a precursor to everyone having just unlimited data and it not mattering. I feel so. I feel like that's coming. I mean, in years to come right but like if they're doing something like that that means like that that was like one of the steps that we had with text messages and with minutes and stuff and now you like you can't just pay you can't pay you don't pay for like a set of text messages like i would not pay for text messages if i could if i could pay for just 100 text messages a month i would totally do that but i can't i just have to i have to get unlimited like that's what the cell phone plan is a uh, a coworker of mine got got a charge on his bill because he made an uh, uh with his cell phone an international oh. call to Canada and I said since when is calling to Canada international? He got charged a fee. Uh, no, and that, it's amazing you talk about that rollover concept because that is a shining, gleaming, top of the tree example of why monopolies are bad. Right? It's because mm-hmm. T-Mobile came out and said we're going to roll your minutes, and then the next week AT and T had to respond because they compete with one another. Yeah. If they had been, you know, if there had been two major companies, they wouldn't have had to have done that. But because they're competing, they have to keep one-upping themselves and reintroducing these things. And I think you're right. It does bring us closer to, I know Verizon this week uh, recalibrated their plans. You're now going to get more data for the same price. Again, because these companies are so competitive. So uh, a really great yeah. example of that. Yep. Only we we will inevitably win as consumers That's... if it continues in this with this trend and this sort of legislation. So. And, you know, I'm Mr. Cynical on the show, but this FCC announcement does feel good. Feels good. Um, And and it's important to remember they're going to vote on the 26th. It's a five-member commission, uh, but three are considered Democrats and two are considered Republicans. It's expected to pass, but Congress can pass a law that changes the rule, uh, and I'm sure it will Mm -hmm. also be protested in court by the ISP. So we're certainly a long way from this being a permanent law, but at least it's someone of importance saying these things that really matter and getting the conversation going. So that's always good news in my book. Uh, And we're going to continue on to another story, which is Radio Shack. I want to talk about Radio Shack. It's a little outside our tech wheelhouse, but I think it matters, and I will explain to you why. Uh, Radio Shack, the company that sells transistors and RC cars, uh, <laughs> is um, is in financial trouble. They're in such financial trouble, they are no longer listed on a stock exchange, they don't have any money, and they've gone bankrupt. Now, this doesn't ah. mean they're going out of business. People get confused. They're not going out of business. Here's what's happening. They're going to sell off up to 2,400 of their stores, which is about two-thirds of their stores. The other one-third are actually independently owned and just use the Radio Shack name. So it could be Joe, somebody owned a store, franchise style. They came in and right. said, you can use the Radio Shack name. And so they'll continue to own their stores. And they can actually, in most cases, be allowed to continue to use the Radio Shack name. 
The interesting thing is what happens to those uh, stores that Radio Shack is selling off. Well, uh, Sprint has come in and said they're going to take about half of them and turn them into Sprint stores, um, including Sprint Brands, Boost, and Virgin Mobile alongside Sprint. Um, it uh, Sprint owns about uh, 1,100 stores now, so this will easily double the number of stores Sprint has. Huge for Sprint. Uh, also interesting in this case is that uh, there have been rumors floating around, unsubstantiated, that Amazon might also be interested in acquiring some of these prime retail locations as a way to showcase their products. Um, we know for sure Sprint is interested. They, they've come out publicly and said it. Um, Colby, any any feelings on the, the demise of Radio Shack and the rise of Sprint or maybe even Amazon in retail? Uh, I mean, I walked by a Radio Shack the other day and it looked kind of sad. Oh. I did... I, I'm trying to think back. Like sometime in the last three years, I went to a Radio Shack, but I can't. I can't for the life of me remember what it was for. <laughs> I think I like desperately needed headphones or a, a charger or something, and it was the closest place I could find. Yeah, um, yeah, let- <laughs> yeah. I th- I think that was it. It was when I had just moved to California. And I needed a charger very badly. Um, yeah, but. I mean, as far as, I don't know, it seems like a good business move for Sprint. I don't know. Maybe. Or well, Amazon, that would be interesting. Yeah, think about I, that. So so what, what 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 would you think about Amazon uh, acquiring some, even if it was 500 stores? I mean, that's, that's I, I don't know how many stores Apple currently has. Um, I'll find out. Um, but I think that could instantly put them in competition with Apple. Now, of course, these, uh, the, um, the uh, Radio Shack stores don't have the prime real estate that Apple stores traditionally do. So, um, it says right here, they have 451 stores around the world, um, which I think Amazon could easily match. I don't think they'd be as prestigious or in a prime location, but I don't. I don't think it would be the worst decision for Amazon, to be honest. And I criticize them a lot for spending their money recklessly, um, which they tend to do all the time. But, (laughs) you know, they seem to be getting more and more into consumer products, not only with the the Kindle line and the Fire TV and the Echo, but also in their Amazon Basics product, right? I've got a bunch of cables that that have Amazon's names on them. I have a USB hub that has Amazon's name on them. I've seen phone cases. while they don't need a physical storefront to sell them, you can get people in to look at the Echo or the the Fire TV and have them stick around for the little doodads and accessories, which essentially is what Radio Shack tried to do. Right. I just don't know if Amazon could do it. Now, the other interesting thing, Amazon actually, I just read, opened a store on site at Purdue University. And they have a, a bookstore type location where they've got all their Amazon products, but they also have uh, lockers and you can ship your Amazon purchases uh, see there. that that I feel like is it that makes it so this whole time I was I've been thinking like what the fuck is Amazon gonna do with the store? That's the answer to the question what Amazon would do with the store. Ship to it. Uh yeah. Especially in cities. Um, right, right. And that's a that's a thing like there are Amazon lockers that are around in in I assume they're mostly in metropolitan areas, which is great if you live in an apartment building which doesn't have a doorman because, 
you know, like that was, uh, we don't have a problem now. Cause I think the, the male people and the UPS guy can get into the, we have like a mail room thing or it's sort of, it's sort of like an entryway, but it, it, they, they can get into the entryway without getting into the actual building. Um, but like my, my last apartment was, it was like a total dice roll. If like, sometimes you might get home before your package got delivered and you would be fine. But sometimes you, it would get there before you and you'd have to go pick it up at the UPS facility and like a, like a chump. So, um, that was like, yeah, I, I could see that being cool. And then, you know, the other stuff is just kind of an incidental, like, oh, well you're here. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe Amazon. See, I could imagine Amazon being like the new borders. Or like, what if, imagine if they had like that and they had like a cafe. I would hang out at the Amazon cafe. Yeah. And they just had like cool stuff that you could mess around with. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Um, and then, all right, let, let's just keep, let's just keep spitballing here. Uh, <laughs> outside in a more suburban type situation, I want a drive through where I can not only get my packages, but they will also give me my Amazon fresh grocery order I placed earlier in the day as I'm on my way home from work. <laughs> because they're not, it's, it, hey, it's expensive to get the people to deliver it to your door, but if they have a central location, yeah, you're going to cut a lot of costs that way because you're not having people running in 20,000 directions. So in the same place, you'll have not only your your consumable food items and but also your regular packages as well so uh that could be really interesting i don't know if radio shack real estate is of high enough quality for them i think they'd have to be really picky you know maybe acquire even if it were 50 you know a small number but uh it's rare this much real estate goes on sale at once uh for them to choose from so yeah and i i mean i think there is like Radio Shack locations might not be glamorous like Apple Store. Like, obviously, there's not a Radio Shack in Grand Central Terminal. Mm. But um, at the same time, you know, there is a Radio Shack on Market Street in San Francisco. And there's a Radio Shack on, on you know, Mission Mission Street. And, like, I don't know if those are the Radio, the radio Shacks that they're going to be selling. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, maybe they're going to be selling the crappier ones that no one goes to like the one in in Hyde Park by Maris like yeah strip crappy there? decrepit strip mall radio shacks yeah right so maybe maybe that might kind of influence what Amazon would potentially use it for but mm-hmm. i don't know i guess we'll have to wait and see yeah sure is fun to speculate um let's continue on more news uh any any particular thing you want to talk about next colby or i'll i'll pick one out of the Pick one out of the hat. Pick one out of the hat. Google. We've got two Google stories in here. I feel like we don't talk enough about Google. We talk a lot about other companies. I want to say something about Google. (laughs) Uh, Talk about selling you products. Google has a tough time. We talked about this when we talked about their rumored wireless service. We said, sure, it's great to sell a wireless service over the internet, but people feel more comfortable going to the Verizon store or the Sprint store, as we just talked about, right? Sprint sees value in having a lot of on-the-ground retail location. So what is Google going to do about that? Well, they're not buying a lot of retail locations, but they are rolling out helpouts with Google device experts. So the way this works is on the Google Play Store, if you're buying a physical device like a Nexus phone, a tablet, a Nexus TV, um, you'll be able to use Google's uh, video lesson platform known as Helpouts um, to talk to a Google device expert. This is a Google employee who is an expert on the physical device itself, um, and they will... 
you can ask them questions and they'll answer them about the products and they'll demo things for you right over the video chat, uh, like having a store in your living room. Uh, for right now, it's a limited trial of an experimental support feature, or Google says, um, and they're not ready to share full plans yet, so no, you can't log on and do this immediately, but it is something they're trying. Um, and uh, one person familiar with the project said, quote, the company is also planning to go into retail stores with a virtual help desk to enhance the shopping experience. Uh, that's a person familiar, so we'll take it at that. But it is interesting <laughs> that, that they're taking the... Um, that they are taking the sort of uh, digital approach to it. Um, instead of putting feet on the ground, they're putting bodies on uh, screens. So um, I, I don't know. I think this is uh, I think this is a really cool way to, to sell products. Now, I don't know how cost-effective it is for Google. I don't know how practical it is for Google. But um, Amazon's seen big success with their Mayday feature on Fire tablets, that sort of one-tap-to-get-help feature. Um, and I could certainly see this being the future of, of tech support, the sort of at least in the sales process, that one tap assistant to help sell you things. Yeah. I I think uh, kind of the interesting thing I see is that the person, the, the support person does not have to go to like, that's a work from home job. I would imagine like they don't have to go to a store. They don't have to drive to work. They work from, from wherever they live. Um, and I think that's kind of cool. That's, that's, pretty legit obviously i'm sure this won't be a huge thing like i don't know how many people are buying (laughs) devices on the google play store probably more than zero enough to warrant having these people there and um but yeah i don't know it's kind of cool yeah i think it's a it's a fun feature i think being able to do it remotely allows you to really have high quality people doing it google can be a little more selective than the, the the schmuck at your local best buy (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and I, I think that's a big up for them. The other thing this article mentions, which is interesting to me, is that imagine going into a Best Buy where, you know, they have their little Apple section and their little Samsung section, and then they'd have their Google section. And instead of ha- talking to a Best Buy guy with no knowledge, there's a big screen with a camera and you just kind of Skype with a remote Google representative. I think that's a really interesting retail sort of concept but i also think it's a a really great way for people to buy the right products i think that's i I think i'm pretty sure apple's really figured that out with the support they give in their stores um and i think if uh google can figure out how to do it remotely i think that could be um a, a big plus for them yeah i think i think you're right like like for example comparing like the apple store experience with a person who works there versus buying an Apple product from a person who works at Best Buy. Like realistically, I mean, the person who works at Best Buy has to know a lot more stuff and they're probably have going to have a much broader knowledge of things, but a, a much shallower knowledge of s- Apple products specifically. Um, and, you know, I feel, I feel like that's one of the reasons people like to go to the Apple store is, is because, um, you, you, uh, you're, you're speaking to a person who has Whose like sole focus is Apple. Right. And they're like rigorously tested on Apple things. And like, I've heard stories about be working at the Apple store and it's like kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So I guess like, that's an interesting, kind of an interesting solution to that problem is, like put a remote person in in a Best Buy, um, but it's 
it's kind of neat. Like, I don't think that's, I think thinking about doing that, like <laughs> Skyping someone from a Best Buy, I would feel super uncomfortable. Super I would never, right? I would never do that. <laughs> I, I barely talk to people in stores. Yeah. But, th- um, but that's just it, though. I hate going to stores, so I'm probably not going to Best Buy anyway. I'm happier right. to do it from my computer at home. And it's, you know, I-, I can't vouch for everybody, but I know the last at least three times I've been in an Apple store, the place was packed. Couldn't move. Like they Yeah, yeah that's ha- true. Again, I think being able to have someone remote who can do it, sometimes you're going to want to go into the store and hold the product. I don't think you can replace that feeling. Um, it's mm-hmm. why Best Buy is still in business. Um, but I think that having the option for people to do it remotely with video, with competent people is awesome. And another checkbox in my doubting Google for consumer services like wireless, here's another check reason why I think they could do it. Yeah. So the pieces are coming together. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's also interesting, like, if this sort of thing works, you're saving a ton of money on, like, having a store. Right. I would imagine that is that is a non zero, you know, cost and and that's money that you could, you know, just make in profit or but also, you know, put into shipping and put into like these employees like, you know, this is this 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 sort of job. I don't like I don't think it's a it's a. It's not like um kind of a no skill job it does require a certain amount of like knowledge that of of uh, knowledge and kind of like inclination towards like or interest in the in the product you're selling like you you are trying to help people solve like problems and doing it with these these devices so um it's kind of kind of interesting i guess we'll see see how it goes you betcha yeah um, the one other piece of Google news, and this is kind of a quickie, uh, you may have noticed over the last couple of years that when you search on Google, uh, it's often difficult to get tweets in your results. Even if you specifically say tweets or you do things like that, um, they didn't always come up very well in Google results. Well, that's because a couple of years ago, uh, Twitter stopped allowing Google to access the raw data behind its service and instead forcing it to actively crawl it like it does most websites, which works on a static web page, but is very difficult when you're having millions of tweets a minute. So uh, Bloomberg says, citing sources, that the two companies just finished a deal that gives Google full access to Twitter's what's known as the fire hose of tweets. Um, This means that Google will no longer need to crawl Twitter uh, and will instead put much better, much more accurate tweets in your search results on Google. It's pretty interesting. I know that was like that was kind of a big thing with Facebook at one point. Like they got kind of I don't know, Google was doing they, Facebook and Google there was some tension there over like Google was crawling things that they didn't want them to crawl and even though they had like kind of told them to stop, they were I don't know. And then Facebook just like shut it down totally. Or something. So, like, I don't think I, I guess Facebook does to some extent. Facebook profiles come up in Google search results, but I think it's it's probably more limited than it could be. But that that's I feel like it's more up. It's it's less applicable. Like Facebook, it's sort of there are privacy implications and la di da. Um, but with Twitter, like you know, unless you have a private account, which still confuses me. Um, 
you know, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for 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 me, this this is this tells me two things. One, uh, many many years ago, Twitter used to be kind of open to anybody. I could build a Twitter app. You could build a Twitter app. Anyone could build a Twitter app. And then one day, Twitter decided, you know what? We're not going to do that. If you have any more than ten thousand tokened users, you have to start paying us or be an official partner or whatever the process is uh, and squeezed out a lot of Twitter apps. And you notice there aren't nearly as many as they used to be because they wanted people to use their official Twitter apps. And then there was some thought that it was because that was back with the fail whale and they were having resource issues. So they started to limit those things. This tells me maybe they're starting to get ready to turn that back on. And as a user, we talk about net neutrality. I'm all about open access. So I want more new innovative Twitter clients. I want more cool new ways to use Twitter data. Um, and if they're going to start being more friendly and turning this data on, um, I think that's great. Uh, I, I know the, the job at work at, we pay uh, a good amount of money to get a social media research tool that gives us Firehose access. Um, and for everyone to have it for free via Google is very fascinating. Yeah. It's inter- I wonder like, if Google is like paying Twitter for, I mean, I, I feel like in the not so recent past or maybe still now Twitter was kind of having like monetization problems. Um, so, you know, maybe selling to, to a company with a big, a big bank role like Google um, can help them out there. Uh, so Yeah. Twitter selling your data to Google sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, listen, I'll, I'll tell you, there are lots of companies out there that already have that access. Google's just uh, letting you have it for free. That That's that's the that's the, the big uh, news flash here. And, uh, you know, hey, it's good to see companies work together. Everyone's getting along. It's good news, people. Um, <laughs> all right, let's continue on. We've got more news. Uh, Colby, I'll give you a choice. We can talk about... A Cortana in office, Apple's new things are Sling TV. Essentially, the three stories we haven't mm-hmm. talked about. Uh, I don't understand Cortana's new thing. Can we talk about that so I can understand it? Sure. It's uh, it's relatively straightforward, I promise. Uh, the, the implication was Clippy's back. Right? Remember Clippy? <laughs> yeah. I see you're writing a business letter. Would you like some help? <laughs> um... Everyone loved Clippy, and as soon as people heard there's going to be an assistant, what's known as a work assistant, in office, people immediately jumped to the conclusion that Clippy's back. Uh, I wish Clippy were back. Instead, we're getting Cortana. We talked about this with Windows 10. (laughs) Uh, Cortana integration throughout the whole OS, uh, this sort of voice dictation, answering questions, um, search, and all of that. So Microsoft is currently testing a work assistant app uh, that uses Cortana to open, edit, and share documents using voice commands um, and the search prompt. So essentially, it's just search, voice command, dictation, all these things uh, that works with Office on both mobile and on the desktop. Um, we certainly know that a new version of Office is coming. They haven't gone through all the details. They certainly will at their build conference, which is coming up in another month or two. Um, but essentially, it would just be, you know, hey, Cortana, open blah, 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 file, and then she opens it in Word, and then you say, all right, and go down to the third paragraph, and then she goes down to the third paragraph, and you say, all right, add, you say a sentence, and she does, you, all right, Cortana, save this and close it. Um, uh, that's totally the absolute hypothetical. We don't know much more about this than that. Um, but certainly when Microsoft says they're going to integrate Cortana throughout the whole OS, um, apparently they're not kidding. Hmm. I guess we'll see. I think 
I mean, I feel like this sort of speech interface is being touted by all the the companies that have any sort of platform, um, including Amazon, with their phones, but also with their weird TV speaker. I mean, weird speaker microphone thing. Echo? Is that what it's called? Echo? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like most of it has not is not up to what you want from it because it's a hard problem. Um, that being said, though, I feel like people won't like it. Yeah, I, I've had, I, I, we talked about this recently. Like when I was home for the holidays, I found out like a bunch of my family use the speech dictation to send text messages on their iPhones. Blew my mind. I never would have guessed. Yeah, and I hey, I found the same thing. And I think it comes down to that Siri just works well. I think that's the number one yeah. thing. We've had voice dictation for a very long time. I, at one point, it used to be built into uh, Office. This must have been Office. I don't know if it was O. Was it O four? Way back when they had it built in, and you had to like take an hour and train it with your voice. And I was <laughs> bored, and I did it, and it worked like garbage. It was terrible. I think it comes down to right interface for right device. And, we, and we've yeah. talked about this plenty. Touch is great on a tablet, not great on your laptop or desktop. For me, right. voice makes sense on a big-ass television on your screen or hollow mm. lens or things like that. You know, if I had yeah. Windows running on my on a big 50-inch TV and I said, oh, you know, my phone says I got an email. Hey, Cortana, open up the attachment in the email I just got. It's up on the big screen. Okay, scroll, scroll, scroll. I like that. Sign my name at the bottom. Send it back. That kind of stuff, very cool, all for that. If all it's going to be is on my laptop, I just kind of shout at it and say, you know, hey, Cortana, <laughs> type the following paragraph, and I just say it. That, you know, that's kind of a snooze to me, but yeah. I don't know. Microsoft's on a hot streak, so I'll give them credit. Cool. Hopefully it'll be neat. Nice. And then it's not Clippy. We're, come on. <laughs> I want Clippy back, Clippy. That was, man. <laughs> So awesome. Um, let's see how are we doing on time. We got time for one more story. We can do <sighs> Apple rumors, or we can do Sling TV. Let's do Sling TV. I, I don't want to talk about Apple rumors. Me either. Boring. Uh, Sling TV. We talked about this. Best of CES. Big news. Uh, Dish owned Sling TV streaming live channels to you on the cheap. Twenty bucks a month. Uh, well, two big pieces of news on it this week. One, now available to all consumers in the United States. That's right, Auto Beta, available for you now. You get a week-long free trial to decide if you want it. Uh, otherwise, it's $20 a month. Even better, they announced at this launch that they are adding AMC uh, to their lineup. Colby, trivia, what does AMC stand for? American Movie Classics. Oh, look at you! Yeah, oh, that's very I remember. Cool. I remember, like when we when we were middle school, high school age, before AMC had like Mad Men's and like when they they just used to play like old cowboy movies and like weird stuff. It was it was super fun. Yeah, I remember. Was... I remember that from when we first like because I think my parents got cable when I was in eighth grade or ninth grade, and that was we would watch like boomerang which was the 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 station that played like the old cartoons because they had scooby-doo all the time and we would watch amc because they played like random crap that my dad would turn on and be like oh this is a good movie great dad (laughs) movies absolute dad movies (laughs) um yeah well now they have quality programming actually i've got better call saul on my dvr which uh i'm excited to watch uh the breaking bad spinoff they just launched but 
You'll be able to watch all of that with your Sling TV. Uh, we've talked about the uh, the other channels Sling TV includes uh, ESPN, ESPN2, TNT, TBS, Food Network, HGTV, Travel Channel, Adult Swim, Cartoon, Cartoon Network, ABC Family, Disney, CNN, all of that um, at $20 a month. Uh, now, AMC Networks, the broader company, also owns BBC America, BBC World News, IFC, Sundance TV, and Wii TV. But there's no word yet on them coming to Sling TV. But it is interesting to note that that is the same company. Um, AMC is not currently available. So if you sign up for Sling TV, don't be surprised if it's not there. They're going to be adding it soon. Um, of course, Sling TV available uh, on the web, iOS, Android, and a number of other uh, streaming media devices. What's interesting about this announcement to me is that they added AMC and didn't change the price. Yeah, that's kind of cool. They added what's cons- what I would consider a top-tier cable network. Like, if I had mm. to rank my top five, right. it would probably be in there. And kept it at 20 bucks, Like, that... What, talk- out of curiosity, what are your top five ta- cable networks? The, pro- the problem is I'm going to sound like a like a absolute idiot because they're not very good channels. Um, <laughs> I mean, AMC is AMC's great. Um, ESPN, I do watch. Yeah. HGTV, uh, you know, got to have my house hunters. Um... I weirdly watch a lot of Spike, but just because they oh, run yeah. cops all the time, and I love watching <laughs> cops. I, I, it's honestly, um, what else? I honestly don't watch a, a National Geographic. I'll watch occasionally. I don't watch a ton of cable. Yeah. Now that I think no, about it, either. I've never taken the time to really think about it. Yeah, I think like if I were guessing, like I would say, BBC I mean, America. ES- yeah, like I would say like ESPN because it's sort of a necessity because once in a while the the football game that you want to watch is not on your local channel it's on ESPN. Um AMC cuz that's the only cable channel I watch the shows from like on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um I guess I mean I guess the Food Network like I I I enjoy the Food Network. Mm-hmm. And I like I don't think I enjoy anything on HGTV, but I certainly watch things on HGTV <laughs> and get sucked into them, yeah. like much to my chagrin. But I mean, I feel like also Adult Swim. Like I always yeah. like Adult Swim is like I watch that when I go home, like for and I'm staying at my parents' house. But that's what's interesting about all of these channels is I don't want the channels. I want the shows that are on the channels. Yeah. I, I don't want HGTV. I just want access to every House Hunters ever. And I can just hit random, it'll just play one. <laughs> you know? Oh my god, I would pay so much for that service. <laughs> I would easily plunk down $5 a month for just a random button on House Hunters. Um, no, right. but it, it's outside of ESPN and CNN. Those are really the only two channels I really feel like I absolutely need to watch live. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's, that's just because they're essentially true. news. Um, but, I mean, like, for this, I think, see, I think... So given two qualifications, one that this is not available on any of the things that I want to watch TV on mm-hmm. yet. Um, it's not on the PS4 and it's not on my smart TV. Um, I assume one or both of those will change at some point and I'll be more excited uh, because this is like, this is, I don't get any, the only one of these channels I get with my cable subscription is the Food Network, and I literally get nothing else except local channels in standard definition, which I, I, I mean, I have, I have an HDTV antenna now, so I can watch those in high def for free. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, I mean, th- this would be cool if it was on my TV, but it's not. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to see. The other thing that bugs me too is it's on Roku, but you have to have the latest model of Roku. It doesn't work on my old. Oh, they no. always do that. All the new the Rokus have all the cool new stuff, and it's just like itching for me to buy a new one, and I just can't justify it. I need my old one to break. That's not fair at all. My old one is so well made. Um, <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, so Sling TV will uh, will keep you updated as they add channels and such. Uh, but that's. That's pretty awesome. All for that. All right. No more news. We got we got to stop. Quit with the news. No more news. Um, because we've got to move on to our picks. We only have two because there's no Dan. Um, and I'm gonna go first. I I like web comics. Web comics make me smile. Um, I, I do not read the Sunday funnies anymore. I don't even know if there still are Sunday funnies. Um, <laughs> but I, I like my web comics, uh, and I have a couple, and I'm gonna try and pick them every few weeks over the next however many shows. Um, but a, one I'm a particular fan of, it's called Poorly Drawn Lines uh, at poorlydrawnlines.com. Uh, sorry for the audio listeners, because uh, I'm going to put some of them on screens, but <laughs> um, it's tough to describe. But uh, it, it's an artist whose name I forget, and he just does really kind of very funny uh, comics. But what <laughs> I like about them is they all tend to, to get you in the last frame or two. It's it's The joke is never... I should say most of the time the joke is unexpected or hits you funny or it's something where it's like normal thing, normal thing, normal thing, crazy thing. Um, and you don't expect it. Uh, so I'm a big <laughs> fan. I, I subscribe and read. He posts nearly every day. Um, how do you subscribe? So I use, uh, I use Feedly still. One, one of these uh-huh. days I'm going to figure out something better because uh, I'm not particularly in love with it. But yeah, it gets the job done. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking one of these days I'm going to try Tumblr. I think Tumblr might be a better way. Oh, interesting. To do things like especially image stuff like comics. Um I know a lot mm. of comic artists like Tumblr, so hmm. we'll see. I haven't decided, but uh, poorlydrawnlines.com uh is my pick this week. And I'll have more webcomic picks in the coming weeks. Um which I'm an absolute fan of and always make me smile. So that is my pick for this week, a nice quickie. Uh, Colby, what do we have here? Sure. So my pick, um, I've for, I've tried a lot of like to do list sort of applications. Um, and there's a lot that I don't know. I tried a lot and I've never used any of them for more than two weeks. So my pick is the first one that I've ever used for more than two weeks. And I can't say whether or not um, I will continue to use it. I, I don't like I can't endorse this that strongly. Maybe we can revisit this in like two months. And if I'm still using it, I'll, I, I can like certainly pick it. Uh, but I think it's called, so it's called things and it, it's turns out it's another one of those like only Apple product ones, which I didn't realize, which is kind of a bummer, but whatever, I guess if you, if you have a Mac and an iPhone, you're good to go. Um, but it's, it's a little bit from, from what I understand of these things, which is admittedly not a ton. Uh, it's a little bit akin to like OmniFocus. Uh, which is that insanely expensive one for the Mac, but it's like a lot less money. Um, like I think the the Mac app costs the Mac app costs fifty dollars, 
which I suspect is, I think is less than OmniFocus. I'm going to find out right now. Um, and this is so, so Dan, Dan Miller, who's not here today, he uses OmniFocus. Oh, interesting. OmniFocus for two for Mac is actually less than this is $40. I got swindled. It used to be more than that. Um, and that's why I never, I never used OmniFocus because it was so incredibly expensive. Um, but maybe I got duped. But in any case, I've been using things for mm, three weeks now, three or four weeks. And it's kind of nice. It was, it's one of those, it's like the idea is that every time you think of something you might need to do, you, you need to do or you might want to do, you throw it in there. And then like when you have time, like when you're bored on the subway or something, you go through and categorize it and you can schedule things or just delete them or blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of nice. Cause I have been like, I don't know, I'm starting to accumulate like real adult problems. Like I have to deal with my taxes and like go to the bank and get quarters for laundry and like stupid crap. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been kind of helpful. And like, I, I have multiple things. I'm like areas I'm doing stuff in for work. So it's been kind of nice for the last couple of weeks. And I do like, I get into like days where I just completely forget about like It's been weird because of all the snow. Um, I haven't, I haven't been keeping up, I guess I've been using it for more than three weeks. It's, it's been at least a month, maybe five or six weeks. But if if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's a more comprehensive solution. And it does do – it syncs over um, – I think they have their own sync thing, um, their own cert, which is, like, free. You don't have to pay for it. It just comes with the app. And I think it might also do iCloud or something if you want to do that. I can find out. Uh preferences no i guess there's just they have the things cloud so it'll sync between your phone and your computer or whatever but it's kind of cool i i don't know if it's cool it's kind of useful if you're into that sort of thing um so like you know it works i i'm not sure if it's worth the price tag um but it might be so give it a try if you're into it cool yeah, available yep. in the Mac App Store now. Forty nine ninety nine. Uh, Apple considered it one of their essential apps. So, so I would I would recommend like I will say I would recommend if you're if you want to try it, try it on your phone first because the phone version is less expensive than the Mac version. And they do have know. a free trial for desktop if you go to their website, culturedcode.com slash things. Cool. So you can give that a shot. Uh, another shining example of why I'm so jealous of all the beautiful Mac desktop apps, which us Windows users just don't get. We get shareware from 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The The iPhone one is, is $9.99. Much, so $9.99. Much more reasonable than, than the desktop one. And we'll have to make sure, Colby, we come back and see if you're still using it. Hmm. I should set it to do to remind me in like a month <laughs> to mention it again. Yeah. Hey, I've, I don't think I've ever used it to do app for more than two or three weeks. Cause I just go back to pen and paper, which isn't good either, but, uh, well, see that that's the thing. Like I don't, I never use pen and paper. That's not a thing that I'm going to use. Um, 
and I never, I don't know, I guess until this point, like I hadn't really hit a point where I couldn't manage everything in my head. Um, and now I've, I don't know if my, you know, I'm just getting old and I can't remember things anymore or if I actually have more stuff to You're remember. You're just an adult but, now. Yeah, I Enjoy guess so. It. Bummer. Bummer indeed. All right. Very cool. That's it. That brings us to the end of the show. Uh, I want to take a second to plug the new show on the network. Oh, Kobe yeah. is a fan, which I, oh, I yeah. perform. We're going to hopefully have him on soon. Uh, the Goldilocks Zone, a unfiltered look at how uh, we remember the hype of old things. So last week, we just wrapped up part two of our Aaron Sorkin retrospective. Uh, this coming week, we are if Aaron Sorkin's not your thing, and I know it's not for everybody, we're going to be talking back-to-back episodes of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, come on, who isn't into that? Um, and we're going to get give a good look at which were the best movies, which were the worst movies, and is the Marvel Cinematic U- Universe overhyped? Because let's be honest, it is hyped beyond belief. That's true. Is it overhyped? We're going to find out. Uh, Goldblockshow.com <laughs> is the website. Uh, I'd appreciate everyone going there, checking it out. Uh, just g- give it a try. See if you like it. Uh, I'm really proud of the show. Matt makes a great co-host. It's a lot of fun. Goldilockshow.com, Goldilocks Show on Twitter as well. Uh, check that out. Um, Colby, we have a problem. What? Well, uh, next week, Dan's not going to be here. Oh, and I'm also not going to be here. That's the other part of the problem, Colby. <laughs> You're also not going to be here. <laughs> No. Oh my. At God. least I'm only not going to be here for one week, whereas Dan has gone for an arbitrarily long amount of that, time. That is true. But j- just think about this. So Dan is going to uh, Dublin and and Europe, right? And, and Colby, you, mm-hmm. do you care to share where you're going? I'm going to St. Thomas. Colby's going to St. Thomas. Uh, I am going to be in the snowy foothills of the uh, <laughs> Berkshire Mountains. Um, so clearly i got the short end of the stick yeah Um, but that's okay colby and dan deserve it they are hardworking gentlemen but that means there will i'm gonna say 99 percent chance not be a show next week uh if i happen to find a co-host or two who want to come in and do it maybe we'll do it but i wouldn't get your hopes up um so no show probably next week we'll be back the following week dan will still not be here unbelievable but uh colby will be back Uh, I yep, will be I here. Will. Maybe we'll have a co- another co-host. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, anything can happen. <laughs> um, but, of course, don'tpanic.io is a website. And I'd recommend follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter. It is honestly the best way to keep track because I will tweet when we're doing shows, when we're not doing shows, when new shows are published. Um, it really is kind of the one-stop shop. It's true. I like Twitter. I missed Twitter while I was working at Facebook. I don't think I could. I honestly, if 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 you had to say, Sean, you only get one internet thing, and that's your thing, and you can't have any other internet. I would like like go with email and keep Twitter. Oh, really? Um, just mm. just because. Well, a, no one interesting emails me, but also b, <laughs> right? Because I, there's just so much going on on Twitter. I feel like there's everything I need is there, just because I follow such a diverse group of people. I just love Twitter. Yeah, I like the thing I like about Twitter is that you're free to reshape it, like. At any given time, like most of the people I follow on Twitter, I don't know. And so it doesn't matter if I unfollow them. It's not like rude if I'm not friends with them anymore. Um, And there's no even even if that that like rudeness is is imaginary, like there's no pressure. So I I can I shape my Twitter feed as as it pleases me. 
Um, and like, you know, if people are, are just don't tweet, I just unfollow them. And I, I, I also, I do keep a strict 100 follower count, which I am too over right now. Oh my God. Coley, do you know how many people I follow on Twitter? I'm guessing it's almost a thousand, but not quite. No, that, that's a little aggressive. 500 and about 530, 540. Um, That's a lot. That's so much. How do you read it all? Um, a lot of free time. Uh, but also, also be a, a lot of the. I don't follow anyone who's. I I don't think particularly aggressive at Twitter. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. and it, it's so funny when you follow an account and they don't tweet something for a while, and then they tweet something, and you go, "Wait, why am I following them in the first place?" That tends to happen to me a lot. So I end up unfollowing <laughs> them, and I, I cycle it's, through people. So, yeah, I've found that there are like, there are some people that are like, I'm really interested in thirty percent of what they say, um, but they tweet so much. So I found that like you can often find a person who retweets like the interesting things they say and not the rest. So you can use other people as like selective filters for people who tweet too much. It's, it's great. It's pretty fun. And I love mute. I, I do use mute mm-hmm. more than I would like to admit, just for especially people who like at, at an event or at something where they go off on a rant, you're like, I'm just gonna silence you for a couple days and Yeah. You, you can stop. Uh cool. All right, good, great. Anyways. Well, this show, don'tpanic.io is the website. Uh, won't be here next week. We will be back the following week with more tech news. Uh, Colby, have fun in the beautiful islands of the Caribbean. Thanks, man. Um, and, and, and have fun being snowed in this week. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure you'll be We'll see if to... I can get to the Caribbean I know. next week. Uh, when if are it we... ever stops Well, snowing. they're saying we might get a more snow Saturday. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks like at least right now it seems to be, I mean, it's like three inches, right. Or three to five inches or something, which like comparatively is nothing, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see how that develops over the course of the week. You might have, to, pull hopefully, it, you might have hopefully. to do what you did on your last trip and, and leave a little early. See, I mean that th- for this trip, that's way harder. Cause like going to San Francisco, I had like just a couch I could crash on for an extra night, like going to, on vacation i don't i don't have it like so oh, you just that sleep, would just sleep on the beach like a homeless man coley maybe that would that homeless would be cool man. right life experience <laughs> there you go all right well thank you all for joining us tonight we're gonna wrap up but we'll see you uh next time on a new edition of don't panic but until then we'll wish you a fair good night <laughs>